And I think, you know, he's been pretty open about it and said that, you know, he's, he's, he's not maybe reached the heights under um, Brendan Rodgers as he, as he did under Ang. Coming up on the official Celtic FC podcast, we look back on Celtic's impressive 3-1 victory over Kilmarnock and we debate our greatest ever international Celtic 11s. This is the official Celtic FC podcast. Yes, everyone, welcome along to the official Celtic FC podcast, your only Celtic podcast out there for exclusive content from inside the Celtic changing room. I'm Ryan Marr, and today I am joined by Matt Campbell. Matt, welcome. And I'm joined by Dylan Doherty. Dylan, welcome along to your first podcast appearance of the season. How are we? Yeah, thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have a chat with you guys. I'm sure we'll chew over the action from the weekend. So I yes, think it will be definitely. A, a fantastic chat, hopefully. Yeah, um, Matt, I want to come to you in a second, but just to, to brief everybody on what we're going to have today, it's uh, International Week, so we're doing things slightly differently this week. We are also going to get stuck into our international Celtic 11 and maybe have a little bit of debate about that as well. I'm really looking forward to hearing both of your teams because I've been thinking about my one all weekend and chopping and changing it constantly. Um, but we'll touch on the weekend. 3-1 uh, victory for Celtic over Kilmarnock here at Celtic Park. We were all here at the game. But Matt, you had a very, very different experience at the game when you were here on Saturday. Why don't you explain to the listeners? Yes, absolutely. So I had a bit of a special day uh, on Saturday. So uh, I've been coming to Celtic Park as a season ticket holder since... Martin O'Neill's first season in charge, so you're talking about 22, 23 years here. My dad, however, has been coming to Celtic Park for 50 years. This is his 50th season, so I spoke to my brother, me, my brother, my dad. We, we go to all the games together, so James, my brother, and I had a conversation. We said, look, we should do something nice for my dad this season. We should maybe try and get some hospitality or something for one of the matches. So I spoke to a few people who I know at the club, and in actual fact, I was really fortunate enough to be given three boardroom tickets for the match on Saturday. So that meant that we got into the boardroom before and after the game. Um, and it also meant that we got to watch the match from the director's box just over in the South Sand. It was an incredible experience. I think my dad still buzzing, still on cloud nine about it, which is great. But uh, honestly, totally unforgettable. What, what a weekend. Yeah, and what a victory as well, Dylan. Uh 3-1, I think, in terms of the performance, mm -hmm. um, the actual result, actually, sorry, probably doesn't reflect the performance of yeah. the match because we were so dominant, had so many chances and it could have been so much more. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the big things this season. We've had so many injuries that the, the Celtic team really have to tick, tick along, just get the results, get the three points. You look at that game at Ibrox where just win and, mm. we, and, and we didn't, we've done that. But Saturday was like the first time where you actually saw, probably under Brendan, a really, really good performance, not to say that there's not been good performances, but one that you walked away going, that was really good today, and the only thing that was really missing was probably more goals, and I think the manager referred to that in his post-match interview, he, he spoken about just being a bit more decisive in that final third, making the right decision, and we would get more goals, and try and score more goals, and I think, no, we scored three goals on Saturday, but it could have been so much more, mm. and it was a really, really good performance. I know we, we, we temporarily moved 10 points clear in the in the league table, seven points clear of St Mirren, who were second going into the game on Sunday. So 
the fans were walking away really, really pleased with that. Matt walked away from the boardroom really, really <laughs> pleased. I know. Um, not just because of the performance. Yeah, yeah. there's some other, other reasons for but, that as well. But it was, um, it, it was really, really excellent. And I know we'll touch on Rio Hatate, mm. Lewis Palma and, and the likes, but we saw the, uh, the players really come back to form, um, especially in the likes of Rio. It was a, a really good performance, yeah. right? Yeah, Matt, from what you can remember about the game, is <laughs> only joking. Um, yeah, really good performance. And um, we were kind of talking before coming on, probably the best we've seen of Rio Hitati this season as well, would you say? Certainly. He's looking like he's sort of starting to shift through the gears again. Um, and I think, you know, he's, he's been pretty open about it and mm. said that, you know, he's, he's, he's not maybe reached the heights under um, Brendan Rodgers as he, as he did under Ange. But, you know, I, I was reading some comments from Brendan about Rio and just about how Brendan has spoken to him one-to-one one one and, and made it clear that if Rio's working hard off the ball, that's going to improve his game on the ball as well because, you know, he's, he's not going to have to try and shift pace during the game. He's, he's going to constantly be on it, constantly putting pressure on the opposition. And you've seen that also at the weekend because his goal was a thing of beauty. To have the presence of mind to, to shift the ball between his two feet, put it through the opponent's legs as well. Incredible, and yeah. to find the back yeah. of the net. It reminded me, I think it was reminiscent of the goal up at Fir Park um, last season in, in the Cup, where he does something similar in terms of that quick shift mm -hmm. um, with the ball and, and finds the back of the net. But having a player like Rio coming back into that full form that we know that, that, that he has... It can only be a good thing because he's a real asset in the middle of the middle of the park. Yeah, he's he's world class for me. I think Rio Hitati is head and shoulders above most players in this league. He is a terrific footballer, and I, I spoke to Rio Hitati through a Japanese translator last week for Celtic TV, and he referred to you know he's he's maybe been struggling this season with injury, and he hasn't really shown his best yet. But my word was that a return yeah, performance yeah, Saturday. Definitely. I think he's he's get so much about his game and if Brendan can just unlock those parts of his game that off the ball working the conditioning in the 94th minute you've seen him down the right hand side of the pitch closing the ball down usually Rio would maybe come off about 60-70 yeah. minutes into the game he's definitely working on that side of it and if Brendan can unlock that what a player Celtic are going to have on their hands well just you're talking about the, the sort of conditioning and the fitness a little bit of insight here from the weekend because mm -hmm. obviously a bit of as a, what would you say behind the scenes backstage access as it were <laughs> um, so once the sort of game had finished and um, and the fans had sort of made their way out of the stadium the lap on and so on was finished uh, we were allowed to my dad my brother and I were allowed to go down to the, the touchline down to the dugout area and have some photographs taken which photographs are very good by the way I've got to say they'll be my profile picture on all my <laughs> social media accounts that's for sure but um, as we were coming through towards the, the sort of tunnel area what was striking was that Rio, and as it happens, Dyson as well, were both going through a sort of, I guess it looked like a sort of yoga or Pilates kind of routine, um, which just goes to show the work that continues to go. And even after, yeah. you would think, you know, the players are away up the road after the match or whatever. Those guys were there, they were still working. They had done their warm down, now they were doing their, their full, full stretches, which just gives you an idea of, of, of how important this kind of work is to these guys and, and how much they value that fitness and taking care of themselves. And you see the results, you know, like you're saying, Rio still able to be sprinting in the yeah. 94th minute 
it's, it's invaluable to have that. I think, I think it's a, a testament to the mentality of Rio Hatati, and I think he's, he's not alone in that dressing yeah. room. There's a, a few characters in there that go that extra mile after the game, and you, you spoke, you touched on Dyson Maeda there. Mm-hmm. Rio, you've seen the last game here, the, the TV cameras caught him running around the pitch yeah. after the game, <laughs> barefooted. He's, he's putting that extra effort in to get his conditioning <clears> up. That goal, if you just go back to it, he's it's a majestic bit of skill mm-hmm. from Rio Hatati. You know, to drag the ball past you know the midfielder and and, dri- and drive into into the box and and slot it away so beautifully and it's a great celebration to match as well. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah, a great yeah. knee slide. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's um he's a he's a fantastic footballer for Celtic um, and long may he get better and because that midfield three of O'Reilly, Callum McGregor and Hitati mm. it's it's mm. tremendous and. I, I really do believe, you know, we won't really see the best of this Brendan Rodgers team until after Christmas. I think if you look back at the Invincible season, it was after um, Christmas in the, in the winter training camp that they really came alive yeah. and pushed on to create that bit of history. So, you know, we're, we're just getting along there. We're getting the players back. Cameron Carter-Vickers back yeah, as well at the true, weekend. True. So, and I thought he was uh, terrific as well. So, it's, uh, it's it was a... It was a Rio was, was, was tremendous just to come back to your point yeah. Ryan it's a, a perfect way to go into the international break Matt I'm looking forward to this touchline reporter role you've now got you're yeah, getting all the insights down at yeah. the dugout well this is the thing as well though because obviously we're sitting over in the, the south stand the main stand um, on Saturday so I, like I said earlier you know, I've been coming to Celtic Park as a season ticket holder now for over 20 years for all but two of those seasons I've sat in the top tier of the Lisbon Lions stand um, so Usually my view of the game is, you know, from the gods, pretty much. You know, you're watching from my way up in the in, in the clouds. Yeah. You sort of there's a lot of tactical geniuses set up in the top tier, uh, myself <laughs> included, because you can see everything <laughs> unfolding. You know, maybe before the players see it on the pitch, just because you've got such an aerial view of the game. Mm-hmm. But then to be sitting over in the main stand at the weekend, such a different experience because you're so much closer to the action. I was fascinated just to hear some of the shouts from the dugouts. You can even hear some of the players' shouts um, as well. Uh, I, I just it was a totally different, totally different experience. Would um, you uh, would you move there permanently? Well, I'm maybe to the, to the, the director's director box. Well, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that would do that. But I mean, I mean, in that area, of the of the stadium, would you move maybe to the south stand for a for a different view, or, or yeah. do, you, do you prefer your seat up? up I, I, in the I do. Lines? I do love the, the seat up in the top tier. You know, and it sort of feels like a sort of home from home almost. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, now nah, I will never move. I'll always sort of sit up there that's you know that's where I like to watch the football from you've had a taste of the highlight I know I've had a taste of that high life absolutely (laughs) Uh, I'll be putting in a a a request to move to the south stand immediately specifically (laughs) to the director's box and to the boardroom Uh, I'll no longer be joining you up in section 413 (laughs) the Lisbon Lions upper those days are gone now (laughs) it's it's funny though she's just touching on that how everybody's obviously you've got your seat Mm. and it becomes like you would never really want to sit anywhere else like I've got Mate, so I, I usually sit, my season ticket's in 104 and I'm about seven or eight rows up and I love sitting there. I feel like you're kind of really part of the action, you're close to it. But then if other people come and sit next to me, they're like, oh, I actually don't think you get as good a view because you're quite lower down. Mm-hmm. Some of my friends sit up in the Jockstein, yeah. high up, 
and when I go up there, I don't enjoy sitting there. I feel like I'm really far away from the action. So it's funny how like yeah. we all have our own little people get quite defensive over it. Uh, no, no argue yeah. and die on the hill That's of, of their seat basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that, that kind of thing of you know never wanting to be. If it's director's box, then just, yeah, I'll be, exactly. I'll be well. Until you experience the padded seats, and it's a totally different experience. Those <laughs> <laughs> mini pies you said you were getting. Oh, listen, we can go into the, the catering at, uh, at a later date. But yes, the uh, the food and drink in the in the boardroom was second to none at the weekend. It was a great great weekend. I'm the staff there will be happy to hear that. Ah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I must, right well, I tell, must say as well, we were just talking about before we came on, the staff, the catering staff, the waiters and so on in the boardroom, to be fair, in every sort of lounge and bar in the stadium, they do a great job. But doing God's work, really. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, but on Saturday, I've got to give them a shout out from... Uh, from myself from my dad and my brother they were absolutely exceptional in the boardroom and made for a great afternoon and of course the 3-1 victory helped as well yeah superb um, let's move on to the, the women's team now because Matt we discussed mm. on Friday's podcast about their massive win yeah. over Glasgow City on Thursday night a late goal from Clint Kavanagh to get that 2-1 victory but what we did say is that it's important when you get a big result of that is you go into the next game and yeah. get another victory and they didn't just get three points, they got six goals and a 6-0 yeah. win over Motherwell. Yeah, I mean, that is always the fear, isn't it? You come off the back of a big result, mm-hmm. a last-minute uh, winner against Glasgow City. Everybody knew the importance of that game and what it would do to the table as well. There's always that fear that then you go into the next game and there's a little bit of a hangover, you know, you, you don't quite reach the heights. Yeah. Well, no no such fear with this women's team because, like you say, go out against Motherwell at the weekend, 6-0, four different goal scorers in this free-scoring form of Fran Alonso's side just, just continues to, to go, continues to grow as well. They're, they're electric to watch this season. And I think, general, certainly in my opinion anyway, as this season progresses, I know I think we're, we're nine league games in now, I think. Um, you know, As the league campaign is continuing on, the more they're building up wins, it's not just that, the more that they're scoring these goals in games, mm-hmm. there's got to be a belief and a confidence growing within that team that they can go all the way this season. Which would be which would be wonderful to see. Mm. I think the only blemish for Fran Alonso's side this season is probably the disappointment of the of the European mm. campaign and how bitterly disappointing losing to Valerenga on penalties was. But domestically they've been almost perfect. That yeah. that result on Thursday night against Glasgow City, so many times Glasgow City's been the stumbling block mentally yeah. and, and they came over that and they they done it last season as well, but you just feel there's something brewing with yeah. this Celtic side under Fran, and you know he, he's such a passionate manager that you you can only imagine those players are, are, are believing off of him as well. And a big game coming up for them. I know they've got Partick Thistle up next yeah. in the league, but they've got Rangers on the twenty second of October. It's a, a double day for the Celts. Mm. You know um, the men's team going through to Edinburgh for Hearts. Celtic women's team have got Rangers and the Glasgow Derby. So if you can get along and support the girls, absolutely do so they'll need your support and if they win that the mentality of that side will only grow in the belief that they can possibly do something special yeah. and, and you know right the wrongs of last season and, and maybe bring the title to paradise that, tw- oh, that 22nd so October is going to be a banner day I think um, yeah. I'm going to go early Six points for Celtic that day. Yeah, I win at Tyne Castle and the women's well, team won as well. Crossed, Absolutely, uh. that's what I'm bold prediction here. Hey guys, let's get into our international Celtic eleven. This is what I'm very excited for. So, see, this takes me back to school. You know, sitting in class. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, and really boring subjects. Won't name them to offend <laughs> anyone, but. Um, 
you know, my teachers out there in case they're listening. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, you, you used to pick your, your teams yeah, yeah. and write them on your jotters. I think the back of everyone's jotter. I don't yeah. even know if kids have jotters now, but, <laughs> but you know. Sure. Probably iPads or something. Yeah, man, I've went old school. I've still got the jotter. I know. I, listen, look, actually, this is the difference, actually, there. I see that. All up here for me, guys. Ah, I know. Yeah. This, is, this is a progression <laughs> <Yeah>. of age. <laughs> Actually, he's really old school. He's just remembered it right off the bat. <laughs> right, so how this is going to work, the rules of it are quite simple. Um, we're going to pick a 1 to 11 of Celtic players that we remember seeing live. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to pick from the current team yeah. at this moment in time. And once you pick one <clears throat> nationality, then you cannot pick that nationality again. We're going to have a bit of debate on it. We want you guys at home as well to, to pick your. 11s as well so keep in, get in touch with us on our social media channels in the comments below wherever you are um, and let us know what your 11s are and also try and pick out of our three what ones are the best ones um, so guys we kind of have different age groups as we're <laughs> discussing there I mean you make that sound like I'm really old exactly I'm only I'm only 31 yeah, yeah. but there's a few extra players you'll be able to pick yeah, from so for me it's uh, there's, there's probably an era before you right yeah. <laughs> it's uh, 2003 I'm going with which will rule out a couple of players that you guys then mm. may have in, in mm. your team um, Matt you're about 2000 yeah 2000, 2001 sort yeah. of time I've, I've went for sort of so we're getting from Martin O'Neill's you know era onwards yeah. so I'm probably just a bit before obviously I've got Bobby Lennox in my team <laughs> I'm only joking <laughs> we're all good right. Jimmy Quinn playing alongside Bobby Lennox there. Gallagher up front. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's get into it then um, so Wait, hold on, Mark, before, before we get started uh-huh. here are we on the same page formation wise? Should should. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a four three three. So despite my age, I've got a very modern modern, modern look. What have you gone for? Uh, I've gone Mike Bassett four four two. Right, okay. <laughs> I should have. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but well, of course I'm uh, representing the top tier Lisbon Lions top tier here with their tactical view in the game. So I've went very tactical here. Mm. I've gone for a three four one two formation, um, <laughs> and I think I'm going to back this team. I'm going to be honest with you. So you're not just speaking on behalf of yourself. You're speaking <clears> on behalf of the whole of your, your area. The enti- listen, I'm going to go, oh, let's do it. I'm going to do it. I'm speaking from behalf of the entire top tier here. <laughs> Three, four, one, two, <laughs> I've went for. Right, let, let's go for goalkeepers then. Okay. Obviously, Dale, we know you're yeah. going to have Ronnie Simpson, but um, apart from him, <laughs> 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 no, I think uh, I'll start off then in goalkeepers and I'm going to go with uh, our poll in the goal. It's yes. uh, none other than <laughs> Arthur Boric. Yeah. What a keeper, what memories. Um, probably at one point, one of the best goalkeepers around in, in Europe. Yeah. Well, I know I've gone for, for, for Arthur as well. He was just, he's an iconic figure, isn't he, mm-hmm. Arthur Boric? Over 200 appearances uh, for, for Celtic, 65 caps for Poland. Um, he's just a totally inimitable character. And uh, aye, so he, he he's in between the sticks for me. It's a clean sweep around the table. Arthur mm-hmm. Boric for me, yep. Poland, nationality. A terrific goalkeeper and a, a personality to match, you know. He, he was such a cult figure yeah. and, and so many cult figures around Celtic mm. folklore and history they don't they don't have the, maybe don't have the, the quality to match it but yeah. Arthur Boric did and I think we spoke about it off there but that, that penalty against the right, United yeah. it was, a, it was <laughs> incredible he could save the man score uh, yeah. by the way what a penalty it is you just think though if, if we're ever struggling in a game why didn't we never just stick him up front stick him up David there. James <laughs> yeah no it's a brilliant penalty he stuck it right in the top corner yeah absolutely what I mean that was uh, Dundee United we were saying yeah, there wasn't it, it was the League Cup of 29 uh, 2009-10 right. season I think 
2008, Eight, nine, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, my years mixed up. There you go. Yeah. It's your age. It's just a <laughs> <it's> Right, <laughs> a nice clean sweep there then. Um, so obviously we've got different systems. Yes. So what, why don't we, should we just go through, should I go through my back four and then you go through your defence? Yeah, let's do it after that. that. Yeah. Um, right, so for right back for me, mm-hmm. I've went for Frenchman there and it's none other than Didier Agat. Um, signed in the year 2000 through to 2006, uh, £50,000 he signed. He was a striker as well. But a striker at, at Hibs before yeah, that. That's right. I actually forget. Can I forget he played for Hibs because he was only there for like seven games or something, or six or seven games. Right. Um, and he signed for us in the October period. Before that time, there wasn't the transfer window where it was only summer and the in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the fastest players I think I've ever seen at Celtic Park. Yeah. Some amazing moments. Remember the goal against Ajax yeah. um, in Amsterdam Arena. Um, I just loved him as a player. I thought it was, yeah. was nice. I've met I've met Didi a couple of times and. He's a great character. In fact, I think <clears throat> I met him a good few years ago back when I was working with the, with the stadium tours department and he, he brought in a sort of group of kids that he was working with uh, in France, sort of impoverished youth. And he set up sort of football clubs and so on over over in France. So he was bringing some of these kids into Celtic Park and you know, they're a sort of little trip to Scotland. Mm. The pride, though, that he, that, he, that he had just to be showing these kids around about Celtic Park and yeah. telling them the stories from, from his time. A great guy, and he's doing he's doing great work as well, and ch- with his charities. I mean, what a player, really! Yeah, he was a, a real speedster, <coughs> um, absolutely terrific player, and a great guy as well. I met him a few times doing the, in the around the tours as well. Met met him funnily enough in my fourteenth birthday. I came oh, on yeah. the tour, and uh, we would go out with me, and my friends, my mum. Uh, we're here and we, he, I got my picture taken with him. Oh, yeah. I wish I could dig it out, but I think yeah. it's, it's lost now. Yeah. Ah, it's gone. Did you get the um, memory of it? I, I just remember the, the tracksuit that I had on at the time. I was kitted out. It was great. Ah, superb. Um, 14th birthday. Love so that, that was 1974. Ah, I, knew, I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. so that's... Uh, I'll just, I'll just run through the mother's yeah. three defenders then. Yeah, go for it. And we'll go for it. So, centre-back uh, representing the Netherlands is none other than Virgil van Dijk. Um who's you know, one of the best centre-backs yep. in the world at this moment in time, which is it's crazy to think that one of the best centre-halves of the, the, the 21st century era when he played here at Celtic yeah. Park. And he absolutely strolled it when he was here. Yeah. Just would skin the whole park, score goals, yeah. could hit free kicks, but also real solid defender. And I'll just run through the other two and I'll let you guys jump in. Um, I've also gone with Christopher Eyer at centre-half mm. um, from Norway. Um, of course, won so much here, was part of... He wasn't part of the first real season under Brendan Rodgers, the, the treble. I think he was out in loan at Kilmarnock, but then won another three trebles thereafter that. Yeah. And then at left-back, I've went for Emilio Izaguiri from Honduras. Like, you know, he was here for the Celtic for so long, but even just for that first season, yeah. he was electric and won Player of the Year in Scotland that season. So that is my very, very attacking, very attacking, <laughs> attacking <laughs> defence. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah. running in there, yeah. running forward. It's yeah. an oxymoron. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if I was a manager of it, I'd really need to try and pull some incredible skills of man management to yeah. make sure they're all working in harmony and synchronising. What would have been another. great if you told them all, do not cross yeah. the halfway <laughs> <Yeah>. line? <laughs> I don't know they would have listened to yeah. it. Um, okay, so I've got, I've got a back three. Okay, three, three big centres uh, uh, in my defence here. So I've also got Virgil van Dijk, the Netherlands represented. We know his quality. You know, we were just talking about, you were just talking about it there, mentioning it. He could do, he could defend well, but also he could hit a dead ball, could score. Great player. In the centre of my defence, I've got Bobo Baldi. Like Bobo's going to get you. 
Bobo was born in Marseille in France, but he represented Guinea at international level. So as it happens, I don't have any other French players or any other players from Guinea in the team, so either one of those would be fine. Bobo, though, iconic, you know, robust. When I say robust, that's probably the understatement of the that's century. That's a way of putting it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the yeah. man was an absolute it's unit. Strike-fearing yeah. striker with those big massive, was it like Valve Sports or something? <laughs> <wear it>? <laughs> <laughs> Doc Martens with studs on. <laughs> um, and beside Bobo, uh, I've got Yusuf Harn as well from that sort of Martin O'Neill uh, team. Yus from Belgium, a cracking big player, left-sided, scored against Juve as well mm. in the Champions League here. Um, so yeah, that that's my back three. Oh, lovely. My my back four will be um, Andreas Hinkle for the right back uh-huh. position. Gets that German nationality. Yeah. Bobo Baldi as well, Matt. I've also went down that nice. road. I've actually, funnily enough, totally forgot about Virgil Van Dijk, oh. which is really staggering. <laughs> like, um, which is a shame. But we you moved. Got a soft spot for Liverpool, is there? Yeah. Like? Well, I know, and I've I've totally forgotten about him. <laughs> but it's it's. Incredible, but <laughs> we move. Um, I've also got Josval Haran nice. uh, to complete the, the centre back pairing. They actually, I don't know if they ever played as a back for the, the guys, but I'm, yeah. I'm willing to see how it would work. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go that way. And, and to complete the back four, um, I've went for a loose cannon, a bit of fire. There's a bit of debate, obviously, with um, Bobo being the French born. Uh-huh. But I've went France for my left back um, and Stefan Mahi. Oh, nice choice. Yeah. Nice. You're, you're, you're utilising the, the extra <laughs> years that you have on as the <laughs> yeah. Stefan Mahi. Played in the uh, 6 2 game, is yep. that right? Yeah. yeah I mean, he, listen, he had his moments. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he was a good solid player for Celtic. You know, he was, he was a good left back. But I think you have to have those, those characters in your team, especially when you go into games where. You know, there's Derby. Oh, really thinking about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go with it. Um, <laughs> Stefan Mahi was, would be a guy that just that bit of fire, yep. but he could get you a red card. Yeah. So it's no, there's a know. good, there's a good balance to your defence there. I've got yeah, to say, yeah. you've really got three big guys, don't you? In yours, Matt? Three big That's units. You try and get by them, honestly. You, you, well, to be fair, I want to see who you've actually got as your forwards mm-hmm. because, you know, the yes. Yeah. Do who you've got so up this front is, and stuff like again, that. Again, this is a difficulty with this team because, you know, for me, if I were to look at the left-backs at Celtic, you know, Kieran Tierney is one that stands <coughs> out, but then you'd be using that Scottish quota and you might want to use it yeah. elsewhere. So, And yeah. again, at right-back, Michael Lustig was here for so long, yeah. such an incredible player for Celtic. Mm-hmm. But... What, you're saving your Swedish... Uh, I might... Sp- for, for John Guedetti, <laughs> yeah. I might just... Freddie Lundberg on the wing. Nice. <laughs> forget. Stop looking at my team, man. Thank goodness. Mo Bangura as well. Yeah. No, no disrespect, let's, obviously. Let's, uh, let's go into our midfields then. Why yes. don't we start around the other side? Dale, yeah. why don't you kick so us off? I went for a, a, a three in midfield. Um, I'm using my Scottish representation... Probably captain the side as well. We'll go with Scott Brown, and mm-hmm. there, captain leader legend from his time. You know, so twenty two trophies. I think yeah. he won. I think he won more. Maybe not now, but when he left Celtic, he'd won more trophies than PSG did in the twenty first century. Wow. So <laughs> I don't know if that. I don't quote me on that. But I think I think I seen that floating around at the time. If that's but, true, that's a great start. Um, I think I think that might be right, but um, at the time it could have been, but maybe not now. But. Um, go with him and then in front of him I'll go with two midfielders one both well both of them wore the 25 jersey for Celtic Slovakia's Lubomir Maravchik and on the other side I think who would you probably would look at him as a winger but mm-hmm. I think he in the modern day mm-hmm. 
would be in a, a, in a three and it's uh, Japan's Shunsuke Nakamura. That is a great, that is a great midfield. A lot of magic oh, in there. I think as well, you've got, you've got the, the craft, the creativity, but you've got Scott Brown in yeah. there to anchor it. Yep. So I think that's that's uh, how I would roll. Well, I've, I've got four in the middle uh, of the pitch and I've, I've also sort of tried to go for that balance of a bit of steel in the middle, but also a bit of magic in there. So in the middle of the pitch, for me, I've got Scotland represented and he'll be my captain uh, of this team. It's Paul Lambert, Champions League winner with Borussia Dortmund, comes to Celtic, oh, captain Celtic in a treble winning season. Just what a player Paul Lambert was, you know, and some of the goals that, that Paul scored for Celtic out of this world. Beside Paul, I've got Ireland represented here, a guy who I loved as a player when I was growing up, um, and even now as a pundit, I think he's I think he's great value. Um, he was only here at Celtic for a short period of time, but Ireland are represented in the form of Roy Keane in the middle of the pitch alongside Paul Lambert. And now, in terms of my, my wide men here, <clears throat> I've got Alan Thompson representing uh, representing England, and I've also got the man from Slovakia, Luba Maravčić. Just I mean, now, I was going to say, you know, which side did he play on? Lubo, to be fair, didn't matter. Didn't really matter because mm. let's not get into the debate of was he left footed or right footed because I don't think anybody yeah. genuinely what, knows. One of the things that I love about Lubo Maravčić, right, is when he took a corner kick and he would <laughs> take a corner with an outswinger of his left foot yeah. and then go over to the other side and <laughs> yeah. take an outswinger with his right yeah. foot. Just depends how he felt uh-huh. in that moment. And score from but, it as well. Uh, whereas, yeah. It, yeah, and whereas most people would usually go for the in-swinger, but yeah. he, I'll, I'll do the outswinger. <laughs> he was just... It's always that eternal, it's that eternal thing, isn't it? Well, Celtic supporters have been talking about it for yeah. 20 years. If only we could have got him see, earlier. The, thing, the thing is, I think if we had got him... See, see nowadays, Lobo plays in, in Ligue 1 in France... Mm. Yeah, Celtic would never get him mm. now, I don't think, because social media and videos, he does not. I, oh, I, th- yeah. I think I heard, you know, our former manager, Ange Postecoglou, talking recently. There's no unknown player out there nowadays, yeah, sure. whereas, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, Wibble was an unknown quantity. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was he was bossing a league that had Zinedine Zidane in it. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. But if only we had got him yeah, earlier. Yeah. Imagine a midfield of. McStay with Maravchik in, the, oh, in, 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 that, in that time. It brilliant. He was, a, he was a little genius, so he absolutely had to be uh, make it into my team. But I'm interested to hear. Who, yeah, you, you've, so you've won for a, it's a 4 4 2, so you've four, got four, four in the two, yeah. So the difficult thing for me is that so I'm going from really kind of like 2003, that Seville team in UEFA Cup final. So for Lubo doesn't get in just because of that, because yep. I've got like memories of. <clears throat> like, is that way that do you remember? Actually, do you remember your memories or do you just remember like videos and things that you, you hear from people but it's a bit of a Mandela effect yeah, yeah. isn't it you know so I'm just going to rule uh, Lobo out okay. just to be in the safe side of that um, but my midfield I've gone for I've also went for Nakamura on the right hand side I just fell in love with Nakamura I really properly started coming to the games like regularly in 2005 so the season he signed for Celtic and I was just like awestruck at the games yeah. when you'd sit and watching him play. Mm. He just the things he could do with a ball was just absolutely incredible as well. And he was so he was so like lightweight in terms of so slight, but also so powerful as well. Yeah. Like nobody could ever get the ball off him. So he definitely is in there for me and also for some of his amazing big massive moments. Yeah. Um I've went for Scott Brown as well for Scotland in the, the middle of the park. I mean again, 
you know, I was actually, you know, debating between Scott and Paul because if Paul Lambert, who we might be getting on the podcast very soon. Um, well, I'll be, but, I'll, yeah. be, uh, I'll be grassing you into Paul Lambert <laughs> that you didn't pick him in your team. <laughs> I've got to tell you that. Yeah, I'll get, sit out that get one. But when Paul signed for Celtic, I mean, I, I don't remember him signing, but when you hear the stories, <clears throat> he'd just come off the back of winning the European Cup yeah. with Borussia Dortmund. And I, I think he probably really could have went anywhere in Europe. He was that good at the time and he, he came to Celtic and was an incredible player. Um, but yes, Scott Brown, as you mentioned, Dale, I don't think we need to go into him too much more. Um, alongside him in the centre of the park, and I think they would have worked really well together. I went for Bulgaria's Stylian Petrov, mm. who was just an absolute phenomenon as a player. Um, signed in just before Martin O'Neill, wasn't it? 1999, he signed for yeah, Celtic. Yeah, I think he signed under John Barnes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, along with the, the likes of Oliver Tebbley. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, he was a great, a great player, uh, Selene Petrov. I, th- I see a lot of Rio Hatate in uh, yeah, or, uh, or in, in Rio Hatate. I just feel yeah. that there's elements, if, if Rio can just go get more goals, yeah. he, he would almost be like the second coming of Stirling Petrov. It's a good, really good shout out. Over 300 games, 64 goals. I've got down here, won so many trophies. Player of the year for Celtic 2005. Yeah. Um, absolutely loved him. Absolutely loved him as a player. And then on the left-hand side of the midfield, um, I've went for Ireland's Aidan McGeady yeah. <laughs> on that side, um, <clears throat> who, academy graduate, one of the most talented and skillful players, I think, I've ever seen yeah. at this club I thought he was exceptional the things that he could do with the ball even I know his debut was at Tynecastle but I think his European debut was here against AC Milan and he ran them absolutely ragged mm, and yeah. that, I, I can't remember if that was his debut but he was still only a teenager and ran this amazing AC Milan defence absolutely ragged yeah. so for me he's he's in my team yeah, he was such an exciting player, yeah. Aidan McGeady. I think it's a real testament to the academy that they, yeah. they brought through Aidan. He's still playing. I think he's down in Air United yeah. now, yep. technical director, I think, as well. I think he's a technical director so, now. Yeah, he's, um, he's a, a really t- terrific player. He also, if we now move on to my forward line, he, yes, he, go for it. my front three, Aidan makes on the, the right side. I think he traditionally played on the left for Celtic um, but I'm going to move him on mm-hmm. onto the right get down the right hand side um, he makes up my my uh, my right wing uh, on the left wing I've got England represented and Scott Sinclair oh good shoot um, I think his goals here he's are, electric to yeah. that first season especially he's a great yeah. song as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. fans sung for him um, he was fantastic for Celtic in those years under Brendan you know that Debut at Hearts, yeah. he signs ah. in the morning, comes off the bench and scores. Brendan running down the touchline celebrating. They're fantastic memories, and I think he he's just he's just a goal scorer as well. I think you see with Lee Alabada how he can get in between the sticks. Yeah. Scott Sinclair was similar, and he had a goal from outside the box as well. Yeah. So mm. he uh, a bit underappreciated, maybe. Maybe I think you know in in the last season or so he, he kind of came out the team when when Neil became the manager. <coughs> Um, but he was that first season. He was Twenty-five goals, I think, in the first season yeah. under Brendan. Uh, tremendous signing, um, a real impact signing as well. I'll let you. Um, I'll let you just carry on. I'll save yeah. my save my, my last yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've obviously got my a player just in front of the midfield, <coughs> but I'll include him in my forward line here. Um, so I've also got Stylian Petrov um, in my team. He's playing just just in front of the midfield. Great talent. We've obviously touched on it. A great creative talent. 
and I knew, knew the way to go as well. Um, and one of my two forwards is the Celtic dragon himself, Big John, John Hartson, who I just adored when he played for Celtic. He actually scored one of my favourite goals um, during my lifetime supporting Celtic, which was down at Anfield, yeah. that goal. Uh, in the quarter-final of the UEFA Cup in the second leg. The presence of mine just to let it drift outside of his right foot and then cut across well, it and put it in the top corner. Something that amazes me about that goal is the, <coughs> the swerve on it. Oh, yeah, like yeah. You can actually see where he cuts right across the ball uh, yeah. and it, it flies past Jersey Dodek. Yeah. And, and as well, the, the testament to the Celtic supporters back then, that's the, what the, the Liverpool fans called the Annie Road end. You know, it's, yeah. it's getting developed now. Um, it further expanded, but... Celtic fans all down that yeah, end. Yeah. It's not just in the away section. You imagine looking at Anfield that night. Yeah. That stand and that stadium would have been littered with Celtic fans, the green and white jerseys yeah. all over in the cop and in the Kenny Douglas stand as it's now known. I bet you they were everywhere. But that that swerve is just phenomenal. Yeah. I think a great goal. I think he grew up supporting Liverpool and Swansea were his teams. So um, I might be wrong there, but I, th- I think yeah. He, that goal means a lot to John Hart as well. I think if you were to put a speedometer on that yeah, ball oh, wow. to see how fast it was going as it hit the back of the mm-hmm. net, and we're touch, touching on like Rio Tati's celebration in the East Slide. John Hartson didn't do an East Slide and, and that, but it's just such an it's kind of such an iconic celebration because you yeah. can see how much it means to him as he's running yeah. over to those Celtic fans that are just going absolutely berserk. Yeah. Uh, it's, great, it's great to watch that the, the scenes and the yeah. sort of away end, as it were. Celtic fans just piling down towards to try and to try and you know get a hold of them and celebrate. <laughs> There's a guy with um, dyed that's green, green hair. That's right. That's I, right. I don't know who that supporter is. I'd love to speak to him just <laughs> yeah. to see like why. If, he, if also, you're listening, get in touch. Why? Yeah. Why was your hair that colour? <laughs> yeah. But um, nah, it's a great goal. It's a, a phenomenal strike. Uh, yeah. And I think as well, you know, you look at the. I don't know if there's a snobbery from the English sides now of Scottish, there probably is of Scottish football, but, but it might have been there back then, but there was that, I know when the Blackburn Rovers yeah, game happened, mm-hmm. there was that, you know, there was that needle, and I think when, when John scores that goal, it sends Celtic through, yeah. and, um, you know, you've, you've came over a, a top, top English side, that then two years later, the, the main part of that team, went on to win the, the UEFA Champions League. And, and just, we'll obviously move on, for the, but just since we're, we're on the subject of, of, of that um, that match against Liverpool, I've heard from a couple of ex-players who played in that team that that night, Martin O'Neill, his team talk before the match was, yeah. has become sort of famous amongst those players. I've never ever found out what exactly was said, but pretty much in European matches, you know, the timing's very important. You have to be out the tunnel by a certain time. You have to be lined up for mm-hmm. photographs by a certain time. So it was no different for this match. So the referee was coming to the, the dressing room door because we were the Celtic team were running sort of late to come out. And Martin O'Neill had said to John Clark, who was working as part of the, the sort of staff at that point in time, Lisbon line, John Clark as, as the kit man, he told, said to John just to hold the door shut to keep the, the referee out because Martin was about to give his team talk. And whatever he said to the players has obviously stuck with them all of these years. But obviously went and drove them on that night and we go out and win 2-0. Alan, Alan Thompson I tell, I tell you what, scores the opener that night. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Matt, but I, 
you see these all or nothing documentaries yeah, yeah. on Amazon now. Can you imagine an all or nothing for that that season, and you could actually hear yeah. Martin Dover that um, that team talk. That'd be brilliant. Sorry, no, to cut no not at all. There. No, I just was reflecting on this. It's just weird how you look back on the, the teams that you grew up watching yeah. and how. Because I'm looking at it: Baldy, Valharn, Lambert, Lubo, Alan Thompson, Petrov, Hartson. Pretty much, I've got uh, I've got a team. I've got Steve. team for Martin, yeah. Martin's players here, but we'll come to the you've final. You've got his man, formation right? as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> but the other another player that has not been mentioned there that's also part of Martin Neal's team is in my uh, forward line, and it's Chris Sutton. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. up front because I mean, again, we all know what what he done as a, a player for us. Again, you know, came to the club as a Premier League winner with Blackburn Rovers, part of that incredible striking partnership with Alan Shearer yeah. at Blackburn and was, you know, one of the, the best strikers around in England at that, that moment in time. Comes up to Celtic, delivers the goods there as well. He could slot in a midfield and a defence. Um, and the reason that I've just went for, because you actually look at the goal record, John Hartson scored over 100 goals for yeah. Celtic. I think Chris Sutton was in about 80-odd. Yeah. Um, but it's because the other man that's in... I started 11 and I'm sure it's the same with both of yours <laughs> Henrik Larsson he always said that Chris Sutton was his favourite strike partner so I'm keeping Henrik happy and I'm assuming guys you also have yes. Henrik in yeah, the it's, a clean, it's a clean sweep for Sweden there um, <laughs> you know he was you talked about Nakamura being your guy Henrik yeah. was my guy like yeah. growing up he was the posters on the wall he was the king of kings um, the, the kids will never know how good this guy the was will not forget no, <laughs> yeah. they won't um, there's such I love that debate you know, who's the best since Henrik oh um, yeah uh-huh. because you know every time we get a really really good striker that debate comes back up so we've got Kyogo now and that everybody is talking about that um, and for me probably I would say Kyogo yeah. is but you know you had Odson and you had Musa here as well but Henrik was yeah. his levels and level and these guys are really good don't get me wrong but the, Henrik was the big games, the big moments, the the derbies, the the goals he scored, the chip, the oh, iconic yeah. chip the, over um, Stefan Kloss. But not just that, there was a free each derby here, and Matt, I'm sure oh, you you'll yeah. know. Like the goal he scores in that game, you know, the, he takes it with one foot, swivels and puts the it in the top and, corner. Yeah, he's um, he could head the ball, he could you know he could dribble, he could score from distance, a free kick, he had it all. Six hundred and fifty thousand pounds from Feyenoord. <laughs> the bargain of the century. I, mean, I think we always, you know, we've got Feyenoord currently in the Champions League, and like we we say bargain of the century. What were they thinking? I know, like, yeah, it's a daylight know. robbery, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like, there's no team, yeah. th- there's no time that I've ever done anything like this. You know, put together your favourite Celtic eleven. There's no chance that Henrik yeah. wouldn't be in my lineup. Been golden boot at Celtic. He's and just playing in Scotland, where I think. The points work different where you get less points from mm-hmm. playing in Scotland than you'd wear if you played in England yeah, or Spain or whatever. Remarkable. But he was he was just he's he was yeah, he's just such a special talent. I'm just like you know that we were saying there, he's your guy. Like I feel the same way. I, I was mm-hmm. during the, the the lockdown a few years ago, I was clearing out a couple of like cupboards uh, in my room and I uncovered a box which had all my old Celtic tops from when I was a wee boy. Must have been about you know, four or five jerseys in there. Every single one of them, last and seven mm. on the back. Yeah, kids, you see them around the stadium on the match day. They've got Kyogo eight, uh-huh. and like he yeah. has that profound impact on children coming to Celtic Park in a match day. But Henrik was our guy on right. the back of our tops, and um, 
you know, I've met Henrik a couple of times working at Celtic. Oh, and it's, it's, I've actually, uh, in my first few months here, I managed to interview him in the tunnel. It's Henrik's heroes, oh, yeah. those legends. Oh, yeah. And I had to pinch myself. I was talking to the King of Kings, Brilliant. like, um, and he, he's such a reserved guy mm -hmm. that you know the personality doesn't quite match the the, the icon. But he it's he's will forever be the the hero, the yeah. legend. Like nobody will ever come close. I'm 31 years old now, <laughs> and Henrik Larson is still my favourite ever Celtic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm I think sure I'm not alone in that. No, no you're, definitely not. you're definitely not, and. Um, I think we, we definitely probably should save some stuff and do like a Henrik Larson special. Let's do a Henrik Larson episode, yeah. 100%. Try and get him on. He's, he's a hard man to get, but if you're watching Henrik, yeah. come on. on. I'm sure yeah, you absolutely. are, of course. <laughs> um, then yeah, we'd, we'd, love to, we'd love to do something like that and just go through all these memories because yeah, yeah. you could probably have a series of podcasts just all just about like that him. man. Um, right, so that concludes the teams. Good guys. teams, by the way. Good yeah, teams, three, I think. Three good teams. Um is there anything we're we looking at anyone's teams and thinking I'd oh, quite like a look at that? I think, I think for me the 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 omission of Virgil Van Dijk is, <laughs> yeah. is, a, is a shocker, but um, I, I'm willing to stick by my, yeah. my defence. I've picked them. I've bought the I've bought the guys in the window. <laughs> I'm going to back them. Well, I, I'm I'm looking at it and thinking Nakamura is in both of your teams. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Naka is the only one I'm looking at and thinking I've ah, kind of. Should I have had him in the team? And I'm looking at mine, the, only, the person I'm probably need to move, I'd probably need to put Naka in the middle and put Roy Keane uh, on the bench, but I'm not going to do that. I, I want think Roy Keane's going to take me. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. He's staying in the team. Uh, Roy, Roy's staying in. <laughs> He'd uh, be managing the team. Matt would be out. No, so, but I'm, no, I'm happy enough. I'm happy enough yeah, for the team. I would, uh, the only one for me, I mean, he doesn't kind of qualify in my list just because of the, the time cap I put on it, but it would definitely be Lubo Maracic. Mm. But maybe also... I love Bobo Baldi so much, and I'm looking at him thinking, "Oh, should I, should have had him in? Maybe, maybe I could have him in alongside Virgil just to make sure there's definitely somebody there at the back that's uh, not going to be rolling forward." Notable mentions, yeah. I think Fraser Forster as well. Oh, yeah, so right. Wait, I know. I wish, I wish there was a way that we could see how these teams would fare against one another. AI generated. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll have to um, just hand it to the to our listeners or viewers. To sort of yeah. leave comments in the, in the, yeah. the comments section. Yeah. Just so who, whose team would win, do you think? Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah that. get in the comments and let us know. Let, let's run, let's, why don't we run through them then one last time, our teams. Okay, uh, so uh, I am uh, Arthur Boric from Poland, Didier Agat from France, Virgil van Dijk from Netherlands, Chris Ayer from Norway, Emilio Izagiri from Honduras, uh, Shunsuke Nakamura from Japan, uh, Scott Brown from Scotland, um, Got Aidan McGee on the wing from Ireland and Stan Petrov also in the centre mm -hmm. of the park from Bulgaria. And um, I've got Henry Larson and Chris Sutton up front. Very good. So I've got Arthur Boric in goals from Poland, uh, the back three of Virgil van Dijk, the Netherlands, Bobo Baldi, Guinea of France, Useful Harn from Belgium. Uh, in the middle of the park, my midfield four is Paul Lambert from Scotland and Roy Keane from Ireland in the middle. And on wings, we have Lubomir Moravchik from Slovakia and Alan Thompson from England just in front of that midfield four. We've got Stelian Petrov from Bulgaria. And up top, we've got John Hartson from Wales and Henrik Larsson from Sweden. So I've got Arthur Boric from Poland, right back Andreas Hinkle from Germany. We have Bobo Baldi from Guinea, Josval Haren from Belgium, Stefan Mahi from France, Scott Brown from Scotland. 
Shunsuke Nakamura from Japan, Lubomir Maravchik from Slovakia, on the wing, Scott Sinclair from England, Aidan McGeady from the Republic of Ireland, and up top from Sweden, John, I mean, uh, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Three very strong teams. Probably. Yeah, we'd love to actually hear, we'd love to hear the viewers' teams as well. Because ah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's fun, we've only really all agreed on Arta Boric and Henrik Larson, haven't we? Is that uh, right? I think for all three years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I think think right, so. Yeah. Which is which is quite funny, isn't it? We're, you know, we're all kind of from yeah. similar uh, age ranges yeah. and we've still got... They were the non-negotiables. Uh, yeah, we've still got completely separate teams. So it'd be yeah. interesting mm-hmm. to hear what other people would pick, particularly people with, with longer memories of Celtic. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. and got memories in the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, you know. It would be hard though, because the nationalities of the team were yeah. more condensed yeah. back then, so it would have been, would have been harder to, to pick, pick like, a team. If, you're, if you've got memories of the 60s and you had to pick one Scotland player mm-hmm. and you've got the whole Lisbon Lions, yeah. you've got the 70s yeah. El Gleish, you've got, you know, all of that to pick from Paul McStay's, everybody, yeah, and that's, that's, yeah. that's uh, an impossible task. I almost. think you're going to see a few teams coming through here with a Scottish representative being Danny McGrain as of well. Of course, yeah. Because of course, yeah. like, you know, an iconic too many. player. I know. Just talking over the international duty before we wrap up, guys, obviously I think best of luck to Scotland. Yep. We are going yes. away to Spain yeah. on Saturday, Thursday, Thursday night. night yeah. Sorry, Thursday night. Um, not a win, just not only qualifies, but they took top the group, which yeah. is quite remarkable. So I know Callum and Greg are away with the squad and if they can get to Germany that's a great thing for the club to have two players playing in the European yeah. Championships yeah, next yeah, summer very good yeah all to look forward to then in Thursday for the, for the Scotland team and yeah definitely get in touch with us you know have a bit of debate see whose team would win get in touch with your team as well and make sure you like and subscribe to the official Celtic FC podcast wherever you get your podcast get in touch with us on social media as well we would love to hear your thoughts uh, we'll be back on Friday um with a potentially very special guest that's Mm. going to be joining us for for that episode. So do join us then. But for now, thank you very much for listening and thank you, Matt and Dylan, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. It was great to hear about Matt's boardroom. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. I think we'll be in a queue now, won't we, to get (laughs) in that boardroom alongside everybody else. Um, But yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Do join us again on Friday and we'll hear from you very soon. Hail, hail.